This is the Final Word Women's Ashes Daily, day four from Trent Bridge. Jeff Lemon and a new guest host, Cameron Ponsonby, joining the show for the first time today as a host of the Final Word, being a guest before. Uh, the show is brought to you by Westfield London, Westfield Stratford City. And we have to start, as we always have to start, by summarising the day in 30 seconds. And as it is your first time, you are going to have to do it. Good luck. What a treat. Uh, England start terribly. They drop a catch at cover in the second over of the day. Uh, Heather Knight comes on to bowl. The game's kind of meandering nowhere. Then Lauren Filer comes on, gets two wickets and two overs, clean bowls, Elise Perry and Tali McGrath. That kind of gives England a sniff where they didn't really have one before. Then all of a sudden we come back after lunch. England are a new team. They run through the Australian team. I think they go from 149 for one to about 250 all out. Eccleston goes bang, bang, bang in the middle, goes to three foot, yeah, there we go, and and Australia kind of run out of batters, they hurt, Alyssa Healer comes out at number eight, uh, having demoted herself and promoted Sutherland, then the final three wickets fall for zero runs again, England look like they're going to chase it, no bother chasing 268, then they have their own bang, bang, bang situation, Ashley Gardner takes three for, for herself and they finish five down, about 150 shorts. There you go. That's about fifty-five seconds, which is, is which is not bad. It, yeah, as time is weird when you're doing a show like this, right? You you That's think fun. you understand time, but it doesn't work that way. It's too many bangs. Too many bangs. Yeah. I mean, you would have thought the banging would help make things quick. <laughs> um, what an extraordinary day! Like it just it went everywhere. It went from at the beginning of the day, I was like, Australia pretty much have this match locked up. Sure. Halfway through it, they're done. It's over. And then by the end of it, they've got it locked up again. We kind of it kept on flipping from one team's despair to the other and despite the game having been until about the last hour really uh, kind of theoretically in the balance I've always felt that Australia were ahead I've always felt that Australia were doing much better than England England were playing catch-up and then with, when Australia collapsed in the afternoon I went shit like England can actually win this game mm. 260 no one's really looks like getting out there the fact that Australia got bowled out in the way they did I thought was pretty bad. There was no reason for it. You had Alyssa Healy chipping uh, full tosses to mid-wicket. You had Sutherland kind of tapping a half-tracker to square leg. There was no reason why Australia should have got bowled out the way they did. And then when England come out and they're 50 for none after 10, you go, well, with five more overs, the new ball goes away. Then what, what really is there left stopping them aside from just the general horrible pressure of a run chase? And it turns out uh, that is really horrible and pressure, pressure-filled <laughs> and everyone gets out. And I mean, yeah, it's exactly what happened. But the, at the point where they're, yeah, they're 55 off 10 overs. And I'm thinking, well, lunch tomorrow. They can yeah. run this down by lunch tomorrow. But if we track it back to the start of the day, you've got Litchfield starting with Mooney. They cruise along for a while. They're at 99 when Litchfield gets out, uh, having made 46, I'm going to say. And then it's a Perry-Mooney partnership. They've done it so many times before. They get Australia up to, what was it, 149, I think it was. And... They just look completely settled, right? They, they're going to bat forever. That's what they do. And then it's the intervention from Lauren Filer. Now, we were impressed with her in the first innings. She was exciting in the first innings. Got Perry out, um, you know, bowled with rapidity. She bowled the second fastest delivery ever recorded by an England woman today. And 
suddenly, I mean, she's bowling gas and it starts to create problems. Perry gets up on her toes and plays one down onto the stumps. Um, and then the one that goes through Talia McGrath that smashes her, her, her pad outside leg stump and spins back onto the stumps. I mean, it was just pace. They weren't expecting that level of pace and that did them in. And I was quite surprised that she came on so late in the day. Um, England, I feel like England have kind of slightly regressed from their initial statement of like all out attack. Like we got told, oh, we're going to play white ball cricket with the bat. And in, on the, when in the first innings, they had five catches in all the time to the Seamers and Eccleston had a short leg and a silly point 24-7. And then this morning, there was this element of England almost playing a bit of a holding pattern game. Heather Knight came on for some control and they didn't want Australia to run away and build this lead of 400 very quickly which was contrary to Fightler's selection, which was the point of, we want 20 wickets, we need the game changer. But it worked. It did work, it did work. It's kind of one of those what genius moment of captaincy, just a matter of timing. And so Fyler came in and she, yeah, she took two wickets through kind of that added extra pace. Perry said, I think, after day one that players were going back to lengths that they kind of weren't meaning to, when really they needed to get forward. And she was a Fyler, whether by design or by luck or whatever, would bowl back of a length and it would skid through much quicker and much kind of lower than the Aussies are expecting. That happened again today. Um, all in all, I think something I found funny, so the first five dismissals were all clean bowled. Only two of them were straight. Huh. Is it clean bowled? My understanding of clean bowled is it hasn't hit anything else. I mean, you're bowled. Well, if it's deflected off something, then you're bowled. I guess so. But you're not clean bowled. I've always conflated the two. Just a thought, just a thought. I'm just throwing it out there. I reckon to be clean bowled, there's got to be no contact with anything else, hence clean. I think you're correct, but I'd never considered it until now, so I don't want to, I don't want to back down so publicly. We can do it privately afterwards. Okay. This is a very public forum. Um, to be it, Well, it's like the double bluff thing. Natalie Germanos pointed this out for the first time. It's not a double bluff, it's just a bluff. It's literally just a bluff, and, that, and thankfully, I've actually learned from that because I was a serial offender of that going after. They're double bluffing again. They're pretending to do something they're not actually yeah. going to do. A double bluff is if you set up the field for a bouncer and then bowl a bouncer. Yeah. Because they're expecting you to bowl a Yorker. That's, that's two bluffs. Yeah, right? okay. or, or it's zero bluffs. It's both two and zero bluffs, depending what your intention is. Lauren Filer meant to bowl straight. She was, that, was, that was a not a bluff. That was, I'm going to bowl gas at the stumps. So, so, you know, that works. And then what they do is they set fairly conventional fields and they start bowling accurately in a channel outside off stump and it's not easy to score and it works. I mean, who knew? It's like Ben Duckett leaving the ball. At one point he's going to leave a ball and be like, oh, I didn't get out to that one. That's amazing. Um, maybe there's a reason that people do this. Maybe there's a reason that, that you have field settings in, in the way that people have done it before. Because then there's pressure to score. So Sutherland plays the pull shot. You know, she's been put up the order. It's that classic, well, you made 100 at number eight, so you've got to go up the order now. I think they wanted her to replace Perry at that point. So Perry's out and they're like, okay, well, we want the, the mini Perry. We, we want the calm, sort of sensible stroke, you know, the sensible stroke player who can just kind of bat through and bat time. And she plays the pull shot and ends up um, holding out in, in an unexpected way. I don't know. Is it pressure or is it whatever else it is? It can do weird things to you. I actually thought... I. I I didn't mind Sutherland going up to number six. I absolutely did mind Healy going down to number eight. I thought, and like, again, one of those things where if you're England in that situation and you see that your opposition, captain, opposition captain sliding further and further down the order, from a position of strength that Australia were in when Sutherland walks to the crease, all of a sudden you'll get, you get this sensation of that kind of they're on the run. Like, oh, why, why, why are they avoiding us? And like, prevention's better than cure, right? So you can say, oh, Healy got 50 at the end and that showed that it was actually was the correct decision she had really well and saved her team.
but she saved her team from a position that they didn't necessarily have to be in. That was, I think it was that, it was that little mini stretch where three wickets fell for three runs. And that was a period where Healy would have come in before that collapse happened, or she would have come in after the first week of that rather than the second and third. And so that was the point. That was the first time in the match where I went, England are a chance of winning here, and Australia have thoughts, have, even, have actually considered the fact that they might lose. Yeah, like I thought it was reasonable to say Sutherland go up, and then you've got Gardner at seven, so you leave her at seven, so it's a, it's a direct swap from your six and your eight. That seemed to make some sense to me, but it, it gave her a reprieve of four deliveries, really, because had she, between coming in at six and coming in at eight, because Mooney's out, Gardner's out, and suddenly Healy's in. And they're, they're really in some strife at that point. Darren Lodger, and also what made me laugh when Healy didn't come in at six and didn't come in at seven, was I'd seen her having a net this morning. And in my head I went, fucking hell, how bad was that hit? That like, you just go, you're like, no, I'm not, I'm not going in at six today. I'm going to, I'm going to shuffle down. But they were in a, a period of strife. And then Healy did save the day with Alana King. Alana King kind of just dead battered it and stayed the course. And so England would then, the lead went above 250. But with the way the match has been playing... Mm. I thought like 300 or 320 England would have been chilled with that. The way they're yeah. talking yesterday, like, oh, we'll chase anything, no problem. So that looked attainable, right? So everybody, they were putting up the record chase. Oh, the record chase from women's test is 198. And it's like, yeah, but there haven't been many chases because yeah. often you don't even get to the fourth innings when you have a, so many women's tests were played over three days. This one, I was like, the way this team plays and the surface they've got, 250 should be something that they are very happy trying to chase. And that's how they came out and attacked it. Um, like you say, 55 after 10 overs. Australia have the quicks on. They're getting bashed around again. Um, and, and England look like a team that is, that is going to, to run this down. On, on the records point, I feel a little bit like last year when the 100 was, was in its second season. And they're going, this is the highest score in 100 history. You're like, well, this is the point. Like, we're building women's test yeah. cricket, so we're still quite, quite early in yeah. terms of the records being set. This is the highest score by a Trent Rockets yeah. number six in the history of the format. And um, what was the question? I don't know. It was, it was about, it wasn't really a question so much as an observation that it felt like a very chaseable target. Oh, no, absolutely. And especially when the kind of, it was a proper cricket cliche period of play where uh, Beaumont and Lambs come out and you go, right, this is the moment where bowlers have looked at the most dangerous when, when the ball's harder and they're getting some movement out, out of the surface. They flipped on its head and they were flying along and it looked so easy. I was like, I, I'm, they're going to piss this. This is going to be such a simple task. And I really thought that when Sutherland came on and I think she, it was like the sixth or seventh over and she was bowling like off cutters. She was running her like, fingers over the seam trying to get some movement out of the surface rather than just conventionally trying to nick people off as happens at the start of a cricket innings. And so I, I really thought Eng England were in such a strong position and heavy favourites at that point. They, 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 they were 200 runs away with all 10 wickets in the hutch. Like I always try and change the mentality of chase where if you're zero down and you've got 50 on the board, actually you go, actually we're chasing, 50, we're chasing 200 here, we're not chasing 250. Starting. And if you're, you're starting from scratch and you're fine. You're starting and everybody's and and your your openers are in right like they're you know they're happy they're hitting the ball well um, everything's going well for them so then there's the intervention and and it's the Ash Gardner intervention again so we'll come back to Sophie Eccleston I'm aware we haven't spoken about her yet that that requires its own segment I think at the end but 
Gardner sort of has gone toe to toe with Eccleston. You know, the first innings four for versus five for, um, and then this time around, and Gardner took the most important wickets every time in the first innings when England were on top. And then in the second innings, well, she gets Beaumont out immediately. The first ball, Gardner bowls edge to slip. She gets Heather Knight with one that rags and that keeps low, and that is a brilliant piece of umpiring because it hits just in line with the off stump. It's turned so far from outside. It's an easy one for an umpire to not give out because they'd say, oh, it's turned too far. I don't know what it's doing. But it was definitely going to hit middle and leg. It was just whether it had hit her in line with the stumps or not. Umpire's call on impact, correct call, essentially. And, and it was a brave call to give it out. And it was out. So Knight's gone. And then Siver Brunt, sweep shot. Up it goes in the air, simple catch. Um, Emma Lamb's got out in between times in there as well. LBW to McGrath, I'm going to say. Um, and, and then Kim Garth picks up. Um, Dunkley before Stumps edging behind so suddenly England are five down and they're 152 away I mean how do they play it you, the, the press conference they were bullish about yeah. continuing to attack if if they don't come out and try and chase it if they start blocking it I'm like I'm, you're calling nonsense on a lot of things you're like what, what else can you believe then if you get told one thing forever for the whole game that we're going to go and chase no one's interested in a draw we're going to keep going we want to play entertaining cricket they've got to come out and chase I think they'll be fuming at themselves about the method of dismissals to Gardner. Like, yes, the delivery to Heather Knight was a was a great ball and it's ragged. And uh, morally, LBW in my head, I was like, even if that's hit her just outside the line, it's smashing mid-middle, so it's, it's, it's out. Yeah. If you miss the ball and you get hit on the pad, it was like the Beaumont one from King in the in the first innings. So I'm like, okay, two millimetres outside leg stump, <laughs> but a leg spinner from over the wicket who's drifted it and turned it back and he's hitting middle. I mean, that should be out in some universe. I didn't even consider that he was going to pitch outside like that Beaumont one. But then, but so Heather Knight, cool, you've got a good ball. Beaumont's like nicked basically a, a full toss. It's all like a Yorker length delivery. And Silver Brunt has kind of gone to sweep and the ball was almost like shorter than she was expecting. So she's almost playing like a one-need uh, pull shot. And it just goes up in the air and you go, you, you three are literally England's best players. They are, you are the backbone of this team. And for two of the three to depart in such tame fashion with like a match there to be taken, it's heartbreaking. It's kind of a a further example of this time yesterday, England had got themselves back into the game and hauled in Australia's 470. And their last four wickets fell for 15 runs, which is relevant to tomorrow. And then they bowled shit for an hour and a half. And actually, the dust settled, everyone went, that was a real missed opportunity and we're having that same feeling again today of England missing another opportunity basically. Exactly. A word we've heard Heather Knight say a lot over the years is gutted. That's that's her go-to word when disappointed about a loss. But you would be, like England supporters would be. There was such a good crowd that turned out today. They were loud, they were into it. And from that point of thinking that, you know, they're in the box seat to win this game, to being five down and in all sorts of trouble. I mean, yeah, sure, maybe, you know, Danny White wins it for him tomorrow with a blazing hundred and that'll be great to watch if it happens. But the histories against that happening the Eccleston the 10 wicket match I mean the response to that I'm coming to that from the crowd because you know I was I was down here watching it on the boundary line when that happened what a moment I mean what a performance there have been what I reckon about 10 10 wicket matches in women's test cricket not many there might have been three or four for England the last one was 20 years ago Eccleston bowled 77.1 overs in the match for someone who normally bowls four and occasionally bowls ten in, in a limited overs game, you know, she bowled 60-odd in a test match against India uh, when they last played. But there's almost no preparation for this kind of workload. And the quality, 
the work she was putting on the ball, the length, the drift, the pitch was just as good at the end of those 77 overs as it was at the start because she picks up a couple at the end to close out the innings. It's remarkable. There were two things that I kind of loved and remember mainly from her kind of overall performance. One was how controlled her line was. She was often bowling with a, a, a short leg, one out, one fielder out on kind of deep square and then like a mid-wicket. That was her only leg side protection and everyone else was kind of around the leg side. Any any time you get too straight, she's going for runs. She never did. She's gone for about t gone at two and over across the test match. And the second thing I loved was that the, when the England team watched the review for the 10th wicket, the LBW, they were watching it from way over in the corner by the boundary because Eccleston had gone and they'd all sprinted after their kind of like runaway spinner. And then as the review came through and it was came back as umpire's call, like Eccleston sunk to her knees and like sunk to the ground, just exhausted and elated in like equal measure, basically. And it's, it is a, it's a historic performance, full stop, regardless of ashes or whatever. Like she's almost got her own new ball. She's almost bowled 80 overs. Like she's done all of it. And yeah, what else can you say? Yeah. It would be extremely, extremely disappointing for her if they don't pick up a win off the back of that performance. Um, that, that felt Hall of Fame worthy, that Eccleston sinking to her knees, so perhaps now is the time to come to the final word, Hall of Fame. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Hall of Fame. It's when we pick our most final word moment of the day. The things we enjoyed um, generally, sometimes the things we didn't. It's brought to you by Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City. More extra, less ordinary. Um, they were playing Major League Baseball in London over the weekend. So that's what we've been chatting about because you can go to Home Run House at Westfield and hit dingers if you want. Um, you can go to Sixers and hit cricket balls or you can go and hit home runs. I don't know if you knew that. I mean, you've lived in, in the UK. Well, I never have, but you've spent more time here than I have. I, I'm aware of sixes. I'm now aware of home run, home run, home run house. That's a bit more of me, actually. I'd be more intrigued with that. I don't want to go for a net. I don't want to go for a net for like drinking fun. I want to. Is that at Westfield as well? Sixes. I'd love to go there. Actually, that's what I meant. That was. A, that's what I meant. I want to go to both in equal measure, at both Westfield Stratford and Westfield London, right by Shepherd's Bush. It is, it is right by there where all the Australians go, so it, it did feel like a homecoming when I went out there a few weeks ago. There's also the bat and ball place where you can you can play darts and you can do karaoke and you can play beer pong and whatever else you want to do. Uh, things that I would have never would have never considered doing at a Westfield, you can do at a Westfield um, here. Pop them into your favourite search engine and find their website and you can figure out uh, all of the hundreds of things you can do there. Um, I'll probably be having to go there before Adam's wedding so I can get something acceptable to wear. I'm not the person who's already been going there that's a that's that's a whole check out twitter if you want to see the odyssey of the suit buying at westfield but let's let's come to our hall of fame moments i'm gonna throw in the little nick on the edge of elisa healy's bat on naught the first ball now those who are paying attention will know in the canberra test in 2022 made a pair duck in the first innings here drops down to number eight edges the ball and Amy Jones is keeping up to the stumps and doesn't hold on to it. Had she held that catch, I mean, A, England are probably winning the Test match because Tough one, Amy, but yeah. 50 more runs. She added, yeah. what, 70 with Alana King. 
England could have been chasing 190. They would have been starting an hour earlier. Did you have it done as a drop? Yep. Or was it, or was it just one? It hit the gloves. It brushed the gloves. Yeah. If it, if it touched yeah. the hands. If you're a good enough keeper yeah. and you are keeping up to the stumps to a medium pacer, you have to be able to take those. And if you're not, I mean, why be up to the stumps to someone first ball? It could have been a, I mean, it probably would have been too low. It would have bounced before it reached you if you're standing back. But I, I, I get the, the, the idea of like coming up to stumps is you're also like dragging the batter back into the crease to increase your chances of like LBW. But I, I haven't seen a replay of it well enough where to understand the deflection. Like I remember being surprised about two minutes later, I went, oh, she's nicked that. Like what, what's happened there? And kind of, because also on to your point, her back foot lifted a couple of times. So actually, when I first saw, I went, "That's a miss stumping." So actually, what was Amy's having a tough thirty seconds? We, we, we've gone drop and miss stumping, cost the test match. Have a bat tomorrow. See how you go. Yeah, yeah. I'll get Perry on and see see how that works out. See the Hall of Fame yesterday. Um, anyway, the fact that it would have been an an Audi, you know, which yeah. is what they used to call Mark War, making four ducks in a row. Um, it's it's and she managed to avoid it and then make a potentially match-winning fifty. That's quite the turnaround. It is a turner. I still, I just can't, like, I can't get my head round, like, your captain, your leader, someone as, who's as inspirational a leader as Alyssa Healy, going, oh, I haven't scored any runs, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go down to eight, actually. And then, or, and then nicking off first ball, but you're still being there. Yeah. I mean, they would have, I'm sure people are piling on for going down to eight, but had she gone down to eight, nicked off first ball and made four ducks in a row, the piling would have been, would have been much more severe. Makes the move down to eight more deserved because, like, you are you can't see it at the moment, actually. Um, what, what did you have for Hall of Fame? I, uh, mine was more of a simple so, first, second over the match uh, of the day, even um, Kate Cross drops a, a complete dolly at cover off the bowling of Sophie Eccleston. Eccleston's head in hands in disbelief, not really sure what she should say to her friend who she currently hates passionately, and um. Then, thank goodness, a couple of overs later, Cross gets the wicket because I, I drop catches, any drop catches, but bad ones in particular, make me feel like ill. I, I get really, because I, I know how horrible that feeling is and how much pressure then it adds onto you. Then Cross gets Litchfield, all amends made, everyone in the middle, 10 England players running in, celebrating, and Sophie Eccleston down here at fine leg walks in, not a smile on her face. She's like, it's my fucking wicket. Like, <laughs> okay, why don't you catch it? But there we go. Why take the catch when you can take the wicket yourself? That, that's always the, the thinking. And, and my last one is the hat trick that almost happened. And because Adam wasn't here, we thought it might happen. Gardner, first ball she bowls in the innings. Beaumont caught it slip. Okay. How did the first innings end? Beaumont bowled Gardner sweeping across the line. You can still take a hat trick across two innings in a first class match. We so nearly had a hat-trick in which two of the wickets were the same player. Has that ever happened? I don't know. I, there's no, I have no way of trying to figure this out. But maybe in first-class level, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure it hasn't at test level. But uh, let us know in the, in the comments or send us a message or whatever if you know something about this. I mean, I, I saw, um, I refreshed my Twitter feed, and without wanting to uh, uh, give away trade secrets, I actually am, or I, I do a lot of the social media for this show. And I saw the final word has tweeted. I went, I haven't done anything. And then I looked and I saw one. I knew, I knew straight away. I was like, this is Jeff's areas. And you tweeted the, 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 the first ever hat trick potentially with two dismissals from the same player. And I was happy for you, basically. That was my, mainly, I was happy for you. I hadn't noticed it at all. It hadn't even sprung to mind. But um, I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry we came so close to something amazing. 
was it was deeply deeply final word um and 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 this is deep into the final word let's wrap it up here the women's ashes daily thanks to cameron ponsonby for joining the show i'm jeff lemon if you want to see what we do patreon.com slash the final word is where we are hanging out and uh, the show is brought to you by westfield more extra less ordinary we'll see you on day five it'll either be a, a thrilling win for England or a, a, an Australian victory that looks a little more likely at this stage, but we don't know what happens till we play the match. We'll see you tomorrow. I ain't breezing and I ain't George Benson. I ain't protected by the right ain't fenced. And if my future questions, my current senses, that'll be the same we've been doing for centuries. Sorry if I ran out to empty both this so you know what I meant here. I had to go about it, write it out and find